And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter, at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Broen. Yeah, hey guys, you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. And Shane Manila. Hey guys. <laughs> the King of Johns. King of Johns is here. So uh, usually we, we let this show stay away from my personal feelings that um, society-wise. I'll get into funny personal feelings right. about drugs, hookers, women and such. Well, you know, you are experienced in those things, so it, exactly. the credibility is already built in. Exactly. So I have less credibility on this front because I'm a white man living in America. Um, but as a white man, um, you have to accept that, you know what, even if your ancestors might not have had slaves and shit like that, that you do benefit from white privilege. If you don't think so, just think about, like, have you ever driven down the street um, and worried that a cop was going to pull you over because your car looks too nice. Um, and I'm not trying to be all woke. Um, I mean, it's easy to say shit. But as white people, we kind of need to think about these things. And we need to understand why these protests might have turned violent and uh, destructive and turned into rioting this week. Because, it, you know, I think, you know, rioting generally you know oh it's probably not the greatest thing but that's how change happens um so just on the change happens thing um i'm gonna try to do some things a little different and i'm looking to volunteer with um disadvantaged children minority kids um offenders things like that people that are disenfranchised and don't have a reason to believe that this country is going to treat them right because it hasn't. Um, and that, that's really all I got to say. You know, look, if, if you even have to question why there was rioting and protesting this week, I don't think you understand what a large segment of our population is going through. That's all I got. I, you know, I agree with you with what you're saying. I think that you're correct in that people need to be aware of the way the world is. I know like we joke about me being 50 over 50 all the time, but I've seen a lot of stuff in my time and some of the stuff I just don't understand, but hopefully this will all bring about change with people. And I think in this community, we're all talking to each other and we're getting our thoughts out there and people are coming together and hopefully it will, you know, cause change. I just feel bad because we always joke around and we always laugh and we're always having a good time. And, and I know that when we put out our show, we're putting it out for people to be entertained, but I agree that at least for right now at the beginning, we should at least say something. Yeah. You know, we always put this show out with love, understanding and kindness um, built in as we, as we put it out there and hope that that shows through, but that's exactly what uh, many people in the world could do with their daily lives those three things right there yeah and um you know i was listening to the ff ballers today and um i forget who said it but one of them said it he basically said you know not saying something is saying something yeah because for too long a lot of us you know as a people not 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 you know us specifically us three but in general a lot of us didn't say something and you know that that's how shit evil things continue to happen at least put that out there. I mean, get that off our chest a little bit. Like I said, man, just I'm not saying everything is your specific fault. Everything that's happened in the past isn't my fault. But if I don't do something to correct what's happened and make it better going forward, well, then that is my fault. And I, I agree with that 100%. And I also agree with a lot of people saying that get out there and vote, you know, uh, yep. in, in November, let's, do something about changing so many things that need to be changed in this world. So, um, yeah, when you talk about having fun, you know, we are going to talk about trades and we have an awesome guest tonight and we always joke around about news happening right before we go to the show. And this is a little bit kind of with what you're talking about and what's going on in the world, because some news just happened a few minutes ago with Drew Brees and the saints and, and, uh, Jameis Winston was trending. Well, because they think <laughs> Drew Brees isn't going to be quarterback much longer. Yeah, well, here's basically thing, what it would take for Winston to start this yeah. year: Drew Brees to not be playing. Yeah. Um, 
you know, look, Drew Brees, for everyone that, you know, is getting their back up, you know, standing up for the guy, just look into Drew Brees a little bit. I mean, the guy backs, um, you know, a church that is for conversion therapy for gay people. Does he really? Um, mm-hmm. And he also, um, you know, he's part of a Ponzi scheme uh, business. So, look. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know look, any of that. <laughs> I, and I'm just saying, look, those are just aspects of his life, right? Just like this is an aspect of his life that he, he thinks it's disrespectful to the flag. He, he's wrong. Uh, basically said he, does, he still doesn't agree with the kneeling thing. And uh, Michael Thomas <laughs> followed him. Uh, yeah, he unfollowed he him. Out, uh, he don't know any better. Alvin Kamara. Sanders, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. He unfollowed Alvin him Kamara too. Tweeted, subtweeted him. So did Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I mean, usually you would say real world shit wouldn't get him. You know what I mean? Like wouldn't affect football stuff. But uh, I don't know, man. This is going to be interesting to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be very interested to see how this plays out. The weird thing is, is it's, it's, it's really about the timing. You know, it's whether that is his belief or not, everybody is very sensitive to what's going on. And just the timing of him saying what he said bothered a lot of people. And there's a very big platform right now for everybody to see it. So yeah, like you say, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, they all unfollowed their quarterback, you know? Um, it, w- it was kind of weird because the way I found it all out was because Jameis was trending. And I had clicked on Jameis and there's all these pictures of him like walking into the Saints <laughs> locker room as the starting quarterback, which the reason it's also oh, kind of... <laughs> the reason I know, I know that's what I'm about to say. Last week on the show, we had Bob Harris on, and um, and I actually <laughs> had sent you a trade. Well, we talked about we talked about how Winston was a buy, right? How Winston is is a good value at this point. But so before you you're going to say what you did, we we had a good long talk, and Bob right. I was all over that. Right. And what had happened during the show was I had sent Shane a trade offer for a second round pick for Jameis. So Shane brought it up in the Patreon show to Bob Harris. And Bob's response to Shane was, no, I I wouldn't trade him for a second because, you know, he's a golden ticket in case he gets a chance to play. And and we discussed it on the Patreon show. So anybody who's not a Patreon, you know, go check out the Patreon show. That was it was fun with Bob and nobody can see ahead of the curve on the Patreon. Check it out. We're a week ahead of things. But the funny thing is, nobody could see the video, and Shane is shaking his head, putting his hand over his face, all this type of stuff. I mean, because here's the thing: that, pick, that trade. So I gave up. You gave up well, the first. Well, yeah, but but what happened was you declined it because Bob told you to. Not, not not because he told you to, but but we discussed it. So, Bob didn't order me. Right, right. So then you sent me. Yeah. So then you sent me uh, Jameis for a first. And, and so then, um, what I had did was I looked over your roster and I was like, uh, okay, but send me that Ty Johnson or not. I mean, uh, I blanked out Tyler, Johnson. Tyler Johnson, Ty Johnson's the running back from Detroit. I said, send me the rookie Tyler Johnson from, uh, uh, the, the bucks. So you did. So you sent me that over. So yeah, you're right. So we did finally make a trade, which I sent you my first and you sent me Jameis and, Tyler Johnson. And the other thing too, is it's a 14 team super flex where quarterbacks are very difficult to get. And so, I like that trade as soon as you made it. And of course it sounds even better today. <laughs> well, that was yeah, the fun thing. You know, <laughs> that, that trade, you know, I got a first, which, you know, I felt okay about it's probably not, you know, it's long-term. I know it's probably not the best because I, I think Jameis would have been a starter next year, not next year, which is what we talked about on the Patreon show. Yeah. 2021 yeah. is next year. Yes. 2021 is next year. Yes. This year has been a, like a decade. Um, it's too bad. We can't push you know, fast might, forward, you know, jump to 2020 starter in four months. Um, <laughs> So, exactly. Yeah, you want that trade. Well, but the but the thing about it is, I mean, first of all, you guys all know that I like him and I have him in a lot of leagues, but 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 what we were going to say prior to what happened tonight with Drew Brees was you did one of those kind of deals where you did that trade with me, but then you piggybacked it into another trade cuz you took that first that I gave you and traded it to somebody else with another first. Yeah, so you know me, I'm always well, I was on hot sauce with um, <laughs> our buddies, Larry, um, who, you know, what's funny is like, I know his real name and I can't call him it. Uh, I'm just like Larry. The Nobody calls him his real name. Yeah. Nobody does. Anyway, 
Larry Monkey. Sauce, uh, with our boys, Larry, Greggles, and um, Hooten's on it, right? Yep, Brian. Yeah, the, the, yep. the HQ1 Listener League tribe. He still owes me a knife. There are there. Oh, you know, I need one too. Did you order one from him? No, I didn't even know he had. I keep telling him I want to order one. I didn't know he had an actual site. Yeah, you don't have to pay, obviously, till you know, till he ships it to you, and it'll show you, you know, the the, the process yeah. along the way and how it looks and stuff. That's what he did for me. But I mean, it was it, the knife he sent. Man, is seriously worth <laughs> double what I paid for. It. It's it's awesome. I want a Walking Dead one where it has the like brass knuckles and the handle and stuff. But whatever. I'm sure, dude. I know <laughs> you can make it work. So so yes, you were on their podcast. Uh, so I was on their podcast, and you know, look, if I'm if I'm doing our podcast or if I'm on someone's podcast, there's a good chance there's a trade getting made. Um, <laughs> so you know, Will Greggles. We've had to make no less than 150 trades in the three leagues that we're in together. So, uh, yeah, I, I went ahead and shipped him that first, uh, my first, and I picked up a young man by the name of DeAndre Swift. Sweet. And, you know, it's really cool because we've talked about it before, and until you're in a league like this, you really don't a lot of us are all in 12 team leagues but 14 and 16 team leagues are just a totally different animal it really is you know and oh and the when it back and tight end is just you can't it's tough once you get behind the eight ball to fix that it's it's rough i mean much easier with running backs and wide receivers but still there's scarcity because of the number of teams and yeah it's it's tough once you're behind to catch back up yeah. And, and you know, I've always said on the show, I'm perfectly fine trading away all my future picks because I'll get them back next year around the rookie draft. But so I was happy trading you the first and then you turned around and trade both of those first for DeAndre Swift. And, 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 you know, there's one other thing about this league that people may not realize. This league was an auction league where you didn't have to draft all 30 players with your auction money. So yeah, I'm uh, short as shit on that, right? Yeah, me too. I had 13 yeah. in HQ5, you know, so I, I, I know. So there's a lot of things that get involved in a trade like that. And I, I think I was very happy with my trade and I was happy with your trade as well. Um, yeah, man. So I, look, I like Swift. I think even, you know, being anchored. Uh, having that weight of Matt Patricia um, being your head coach around to his uh, his ankles yeah, no for shit. one year. Uh, yeah, Matt Patricia's terrible. So it's going to be a one-year thing. I think he'll still produce. Look, carry on. I like carry on. Carry on, if he was healthy, he could have produced. Even, you know, splitting touches. Even not being a, a full-on uh, bell cow there. He still could have been a, a very productive running back. But I, and I think Swift will be. Swift's like carry on Johnson, just better yeah. at everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, in everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what's really cool too, because those are listener leagues, and it's supposed to be fun with all of us. We in HQ five, there was five trades done. Three of them were me, and one of them was Jeremy. And then in HQ four, there was two trades done. One was me and one was Shane. So, or two was Shane because one of them was me and Shane. So there's a lot of action going on in there. And those leagues have only been around for a week and a half. <laughs> and I happily paid when I got behind in quarterbacks, I happily paid a first round next year. My first round pick for Derek Carr. I didn't even yes. care. I said it yeah. immediately and it was accepted immediately, which was surprising that I think in a counter, um, you know, not that, I wouldn't necessarily pay much more than that, but I, I don't know if I would for a car, but still thinking about it, absolutely throw first at a starting quarterback because I, I was definitely not starting two quarterbacks this year. Likely if I didn't get car. It's funny because we discussed my trade in that league last week, which was right before you did. And, and it, it involved quarterbacks. Are, are you the one who got Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no. I gave Scott Teddy Bridgewater. I, didn't I want gave to him. offer more than the first. So I, I wouldn't budge on getting Bridgewater for a first. And I forget what else he no. wanted. And I do it yeah i gave him bridgewater i i gave him bridgewater my first oh. for tua and a four uh, I see. yeah because i also had to, I'm sorry. something else and i wouldn't do it and then i went for car right after what I did you do you got what we which one me or jeremy Dude, what was your you got who for what you got tua we talked about this last week. I gave <laughs> I gave Scott Connor league, yeah. I gave Scott Connor Teddy Bridgewater and a first for Tua and a four 
but I also had a backup deal waiting to go with Mr. Low AHS where I got Philip Rivers. So it was a combination deal. Remember I did like, it was a two way oh, yeah. combination. We talked about it last week, you know? Um, and I like that trade for you, by the way. I don't know but if I said Scott that. Scott tried to turn around and send me Bridgewater for a first plus and I wouldn't do it. And then I, I finally just offered my first for straight up for Derek Carr to Sean. McCormick. Yeah. Yeah. It, the cool thing was all of that happened in the same day. Yeah, all that stuff happened, yeah. but it was last week. It was so. a busy quarterback day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Fun. So our guest tonight, you can find him on so many multiple platforms. He's a TV host on Sports Grid. He's a DFS podcast host at Line Star App. You can find him on, hey, for all you wrestling fans out there, he's on the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. <laughs> according to the opening (laughs) on in this ring podcast. And you know, there's a lot of us out there that are wrestling fans. Um, He's also a number one author, number one book author, right? He has a new book called the fantasy football black book 2020. It just came out, I believe five days ago. You can get it on Amazon now and you can find him on Twitter at Joe P I S A P I A 17. It's our guest, Joe Pizapia, correct, Joe? Is that how you say your name? You said it better than almost anybody <laughs> the first time I've ever heard. I, I want to say thank well, you, first of all. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. I can say it because I'm good with names. Joe Pizapia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why oh, I oh, say it, oh, Joe, and not Shane, you know? <laughs> it's not that hard. When I break it down for people and I, and I say, well, it's the leaning tower of what? They say he's right, uh, and they go, oh, okay. But the problem is, you know, when you're born, you know, and you grow up in the 80s, when Little Caesars was a big deal, you were just pizza pizza. Everybody, and that's fine. My whole life, I dealt with that, whatever it is. But no, it's, it's I, appreciate, I appreciate the concern and the help. Hey, what do you want? Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the effort and the, more so the success. So. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, I listened to the last like three or four episodes of the In This Ring podcast today. So I heard your name quite a few times. <laughs> but um, but listen, we're very thankful for you to come on. But the, the most exciting thing is about this book. Look, it, it says the first 15 years. So this is the 16th year you've put out this book. Well, this is the tenth. This is the tenth year. This is the fifth, the sixteenth or fifteenth edition of the Black Book between baseball and football. Oh, uh, oh okay. so yeah, so this is the tenth anniversary because we we produced a couple of year actually last year we produced our first trial hockey book for <laughs> NHL fantasy. How'd that go? Uh, we're hoping to move into the NBA this year as well, which is incredible. And it started out. I mean, this is a, a labor of love, man. I mean, I started out <clears throat> ten years ago writing the Black Book because I got stiffed by a website I was working for and the other <laughs> site that I liked writing for closed down. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to write a book with all my thoughts and all the, this relative position value theory that I have that I think really works for me. And I think it'll work for other people. And I thought, Hey, maybe I'll sell like 25 copies. That'd be cool. Right. And then it went to like number one in the genre, wow. which was madness. I never expected that to happen. And it so was, cool. it was kind of early in the space on Amazon where it was still like, it was only Kindle books still. And then I would say about three or four years ago, or maybe it was, yeah, I think it's at least four now, where Amazon started putting out paperback versions of the books where you could actually physically print a copy where it exploded. And last couple of years, we were number one in football books. Like we were ahead of Tom Brady, TB12. <laughs> we were ahead of Joe Namath's Wild. book last summer. It was, it was crazy. And like, it doesn't last all year. But like for right, those right. two or three weeks in August, that's awesome. Like that's like the craziest thing ever. And as a Pats fan, there's something like bittersweet. When I was ahead of Tom Brady, I almost felt guilty. I guess I guess I'm like, oh, ahead of Tom Brady. <clears throat> but then I saw the check, and I was like, I'm okay with it. Yeah, all right, fine. yeah, for sure. But, but what I was, but what I was trying to do with this series is give people something that, you know, it's very hard nowadays to separate yourself in fantasy because there's so much content out there, and everybody's playing at a higher level because all this information's out there, but. You know, so much of it is rankings and like, here's your top 100. Here's your top, like, who cares? That doesn't help me. (laughs) And like, even your tiers, if you're really smart and really well opinionated and all that stuff doesn't help me. I need what the RPV does and and the black book. And what I try to do is I'm giving you quantified tiers. I'm giving you an understanding of how to take this into an approach, understanding a running back is not a position. RB1 is a position because it's a roster spot. And understanding it's about building core roster strength. It's not about filling positions. It's about understanding 
uh, and taking a tool like RPV that's adaptable to every format, applicable to every size league you're playing in, and then give somebody uh, this content where we're talking like standalone chapters for PPR draft and standalone chapters of Superflex this year, how to approach it, and standalone IDP, and standalone uh, high stakes and best ball and all, all the other things because I feel like now everybody's got their hands in so many different kinds of formats where yep. this is like Lord of the Rings, I always say. It's like one book <laughs> to rule them all. Like that's what I'm going for. Get everything you need for that draft that week or to continue to just play out the season. Giving them a process to evaluate something dynamic which right. fantasy football is this changing all the time which is why those rankings are only helpful for like a snapshot in time like today for instance yeah and it's that a good tool for evaluating um something dynamic and it's a process type of well, and it's simple it. and that's the thing like i feel like and you guys are probably attested this too like there's a lot of metrics and things like that that are coming into fantasy and it's yeah. cool it's great but can i use it can I, can I take that and then turn around and apply it to my roster? And, and that that's where it becomes really difficult. And that's I wanted to give something to somebody where they can look at it and go, oh, I see. So the fantasy league average of RB1 is here. And Christian McCaffrey is I don't know, 28% better than the fantasy than league average yeah. RB1. And then the drop-off is to 13 to the next guy. And Dolly's like, well, you know what? Here's something staggering. This is a number I've never seen as long as I've been doing this now, a decade. Plus, Christian McCaffrey last year, his his RPV, his relative position value over the average fantasy league RB1 was almost 70%. It was 69%. I've wow. never seen a number that high. It's Crazy, madness yeah. of how much. And it's part of that is attested to the fact that Saquon Barkley missed time and some other guys didn't perform up to expectations. So, like, the, mm. the, the cavern between one and the rest was so much. And it was the same thing with Lamar Jackson, too. But – that's what's so great about RPV. It's not just projections. It's projections put in with uh, previous season stats, with three-year averages. We take you know all that into a, a little bubble, and then we create these percentages where it tells you exactly where the drop-off is, and more importantly, where the negative is. So why am I reaching for a, a, a running back here where he, he's a minus 10 when I can be reaching for a wide receiver who's a plus 8? And I can be building a stronger roster for myself because that's all fantasy yeah, is, right? So it's about positions. me being more productive yeah. than you as much as I possibly can and as consistently as I can. And if I can do that, I will be ultimately successful. And you mentioned RPV a couple times. Do you, do you want to explain to everybody where that came from? Is that something you created or? Yeah, there's other value-based drafting systems uh, that are out there. But it's mine, uh, relative position value or RPV is just hyper focused. And I think that's why it's so effective. Like, it's, it, you don't want to compare all the running backs to each other or, or anything. You want to compare RB1 because most people in your league are going to have an RB1. You want to look at wide receiver one, wide receiver two. You want to look at them in groupings because when you start to look at them in groupings, that's how you can think. What they tend to do is they go out there and they try to fill the spots of their roster instead of trying to create roster strength. And oh. it's funny because it's a very simple idea. And the Black Book has never had any, you know, it's not RotoWire, it's not CBS, it's not ESPN. <laughs> We've been an independent publication. It's run out of this is the this is the office. You're looking at it. This is the business, right? I know. This is the public this publishing right studio right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right behind the bobbleheads. Uh, but it's like <laughs> the Funko it's, Pops. <laughs> What ha happens is people latch onto it and it's either kind of innate, like they're kind of doing it, they don't realize it, or it's completely blowing their mind. And either way, they're able to use it and they're all having success with it. And if they weren't, we wouldn't be where we're at. I mean, this is an incredible thing, a story of literally going from, like I said, I wrote the first book while my my oldest daughter was, was napping and I was on my train rides into New York to teach mm -hmm. classes. That's when I wrote the first black book and subsequently many others <laughs> for those first couple of years. And I did them all just solo. I didn't, you know, couldn't afford to bring in other people to help me. And I would write 400 plus player profiles for baseball by myself. It was madness, wow. but I knew people were latching onto it because every year it kept growing. And every year people say, are you doing what, when's the next one? When's it come out? And it's, it's a testament to the, the readers and the people because they've, 
they have grown this brand. It's like they it's like the people's champion. Like we're the people's champion because <laughs> yeah. we're giving something that nobody else is. And I think that is what's so special about it. And the fact that it works and it's working for people and they feel like all of a sudden I'm armed with something that's really useful. And then, and it's not just like draft it's, it's evaluating trades. It's, it's all year round. And it's really important that, you know, the draft is just part of it. Like that's where we go so much deeper into everything and so much more hyper-focused and in a very digestible way, because at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't love math, but I love counting money. So let's, <laughs> let's get everybody successful and let's give something to the people that they can use for once. And, you know, and that's cool when you talk about like um, analyzing trades and stuff like that. We have some trades, you know, later on in the show, we would we would go over with you. But one thing you did just mention, you said how you did it yourself. And and I see with your new book for 2020, you actually have like a bunch of people in this industry that helped you with the book this this time. Yeah, I've opened up to other contributors because. I love this community and it's a great community of people who work their ass off. And I, and I personally want to give, you know, for, there's people like Adam Ronis and Elliot Christ and Matt Franciscovich, you know, Matt works for EA sports. Now he used to write for NFL.com and Adam is one of the best fantasy players out there. He's at fantasy alarm right now. He's one of my good friends, but I know like that's a guy every time I'm in a league with him, like it's going to be a war because I know he is so good. Plus he doesn't have any kids to worry about. So I know he's going to be able to spend more time than I can always. Um, but it's like, who do I respect and who, whose opinions do I respect a lot? And then on top of that, I want to give voices to other people who are not working for ESPN and not working for these big box fantasy places and, and give them a platform of saying, Hey, look, this person's really good at what they do and and go follow them on twitter go find them because it's an opportunity for them to kind of grow their own personal brand or their podcast and their things and i love that independent spirit where you know you don't have to go to the big box to get the best fantasy content you really don't in fact that's where most people are going so if in it and you know what in all fairness you know i don't want to throw people under the bus but you know some big boxes last year they had uh they had some videos going around about how good Kalen Balazs was going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like it might not be the best place for you at the end of the right, day. No, who like, was that? Come yeah, to the black. Else... <laughs> was... No. I'm yeah. Sorry. Like how Shane wants to know who that was. Who was that? It, it was touting Kalen Balazs. Good <laughs> Lord. You know, and it's, it is. Uh, let's just say his last name is like a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny it, it is funny that there is so much like there's no accountability for anything like everybody could say oh. as many things <laughs> as they can say as many things as they want and the one thing that comes true they'll say hey look i said this oh yeah what about the 900 other things you said that didn't happen you know yeah but they, you know where there's 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 accountability in in analysts um because <laughs> Joe pointed it out. He's his book's a number one seller for that. No, but I, mean, yeah, look, kind of, I think there's a accountability. You're right, you well, stop you're right. telling the sites, you stop reading books, you stop right. checking out work from people that you go, wow, this dude's consistently wrong. Like I need to go follow someone else. Yeah. yeah, but there's people there's people that are living off of one or two tweets that they may have said is what I'm talking. I'm not talking about you. in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? But I think it's also here's the thing. The job of the analyst is simple. The job of the analyst is to arm you with the best possible information and in fantasy sports to do it in a really entertaining way. Because this Correct. you know, to cross worlds for a moment, if I may. This is sports entertainment, ladies uh -huh. and gentlemen. Like, that's what <laughs> fantasy is. We, we create our own little mini drama that plays out every week right. on Sunday. Yeah. And we're nuts. The players don't give a crap about They're making millions of dollars. They could care less. And you're sweating over DK Metcalf dropping the ball in the end zone. Yep. And it's crazy. Like that's, But that's what we love to do. So it's not enough to give good content. You have to give it in an entertaining way, too. And I try to do that on the TV shows. I try to do that uh, on the podcast because – you know, people will, they can get content anywhere, but they can't get a laugh everywhere. Like you give them both people will love you forever. Yeah. It's true, man. It's no, true no, no, I, 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 I laugh. Like, 
<laughs> I'm just laughing because that's pretty much our basis of what we do with yeah, our, our business show. Plan for this podcast <laughs> <is how laughs> two and a half I'm years ago, when sure. yeah, two right. and a half years ago, when Jeremy and Shane and I pitched this show to do this show, that's what we wanted. We wanted something that was entertaining that would give some people a laugh, yeah. you know, because we there was so much influence. No, oh, that's the worst. Uh, and there's a lot of great analysts who just are just bad communicators. Yeah, yeah. which is you know, it's fine. Like not everybody's going to be good at everything. Uh, but you know, yeah, Shane they- makes a great point about accountability too it i love to i i literally on the last show i just did we were just talking about like i i think it's funny when i if i get something wrong i one year for the baseball book i was writing up a dallas keiko profile i'll never forget this and i said the words i was like look he's fine blah 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 these are the reasons why i go all into like the deep details all the deep dive and then at the end of the of the of the profile you'll love this i wrote you know, he's, he'll be useful, but it's not like he's going to win a Cy Young or anything. He won the Cy Young. <laughs> the, next year, the next year in the book, I took that clip from last year's book, uh, and I put it in the next year's book, and it said, boy, I'm a moron, but you know what? I'm going to hold it to it. I don't think, think this guy's going to be very good. Sell him. And you know what? He hasn't been good since. So since, it's yeah. not a matter of always being right all the time. There's a lot of egos and the problem is the problem is a lot of these people who do this they care more about them being right or wrong than yeah. they do about your fantasy team and yeah. i give a crap more about your fantasy team succeeding than mine and that's the difference between me and some of the other dudes who do this like when i hear you won a championship that's awesome like I won the Super Flex Flex League Championship this year, and I beat Adam Ronis, which is impossible to do. And I can't wait to get that belt because I'm going to wear it, and I'm going to hold it over Jake Seeley, and I'm going to make fun of him because he's in that league too. And you know what? That's all fun, but, like, it's not nearly as exciting as when I see the people, you know, texting me in January and tweeting at me and, you know, like, hey, won X number of leagues or went to three finals and won four. Like, that's – I mean, I'm four finals you. and won three. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, like that's that is so much more exhilarating than me winning. Problem with a lot of the fantasy analyst community is like they're too ego driven about themselves instead mm-hmm. of you know the people success. It and is some cool. Come when right you... out and say they don't care about your fantasy teams. They, yeah. like they don't even make you wonder. Oh, yeah. They just say they do not care about. Yeah, your what, fantasy what, teams, how is that really good for your brand? Yeah, like that terrible. How, like why would I want to listen to you when you say that? Like you don't care about my fantasy team? Okay. <laughs> well then why am I listening to you? Yeah, care? Why, like, why do I want to listen to you? Then why am I going to you? It, it is cool though when you get those Stupid. DMs. When I run listener leagues. I'm in them. <laughs> Yeah, hey, yeah. we we we're up to five Thanks. listener leagues for our show right now, and we're we're in all of them, the three of us. Yeah, I want to beat the shit out of all of our listeners. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, I don't yeah, want yeah. I mean, come me. on. We it have doesn't a, always happen, but we yeah. we have a lot of fun. And oh yeah, listen to Jeremy. We have a lot of fun in our listener leagues, but it is really cool. Even if it's one or two people that send you a DM or an email that say, "Hey, you know, thanks for that advice. It helped me win." It's it's. It's so much more rewarding than a, a bunch of other stuff. And it is funny that you mention about your, your league win because I see that in your profile on Twitter too. But I didn't mention it in <laughs> yeah, your in you your introduction. That, right? <laughs> but you know, Joe Joe did say something there and I'm gonna um, keep kinda chattering until I remember what the I will tell you, you know, about about, you know, not sometimes not mattering if you're right or wrong. I think Oh yeah. Most of the fantasy community is understanding when you have a good process. Um, and if you have a process that, you know, and you end up being incorrect, well, then they're like, well, you know, look, shit does actually happen. When you blindly just throw shit out there and you're like, I think this because I like the color red, which is basically some of the analysis <laughs> you get. But you know what I mean? Like, seriously, you break down a player and you're like, well, this is why. I want to have some drinks well. with Shane. Blah, blah, blah. Like, this is some serious truth, man. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> well, you are you said you're in New Jersey, right? Shane's in Philly. Yeah, so maybe I'm you guys can do it. Oh, there we doing, go. I'm going through a divorce, so I'm getting out of the house a lot. So Good I'm just you. doing a tour of fantasy football friends. Oh, my God. Hey, man, I went to school in Philly, man. I lived there for a couple of years. <laughs> fun town let me yeah. tell you so. I like how and there's somebody on the you. other side of divorce let me tell you life's oh. good ah there you go <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why he said good it. for you <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Well, maybe we should pull it back into the show or we'll start talking about the horse here. As long long as you will talk about Shane's personal life, it'll be fine. (laughs) Do you know how much we talk about Shane's personal life? A lot. Way too much for a fantasy football podcast. (laughs) Seriously. And I found out people that, you know, like work that are under me at work listen to this show. Oh no, really? um, Yeah. I was like, you're not allowed to do that anymore. No. (laughs) Like... Oh That's my god. Good for you, man. Anyway, Not good, at all. As long as you have a good process, like Joe has a good process. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That way to bring I'll it back. back. <laughs> so Joe, with with some of your other platforms, like I said, it, one of them was DFS. So you do a lot of DFS stuff or mm-hmm. which do you do which do you enjoy more? Do you like uh redraft? Do you like DFS? Do you like Dynasty? What do you like the best? They all have their perks. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the great DFS football is the lack of attachment to players, you know, and, and that's what's so difficult uh, by by just nature. I've been a very big super flex person for the last couple of years. I've, I've been pushing that format to the masses as much as I can, because I feel yeah. like what are we doing? Like there's quarterback score so much more points than so many other people. They're the most coveted position in the NFL itself and fantasy should reflect the NFL. And like, where's the challenge? You're gonna play like you're in a 10 team league and you're playing one quarterback. What the hell are you doing? Like, that's not hard. You know, like let's challenge ourselves. Plus let's open up the field to some more interpretation. Uh, so I love super flex season long with as much as I can get. I got IDP leagues. I try to do everything I can. Uh, what's great about DFS NFL is again, that lack of attachment. So you can get yeah. involved with players that you wouldn't want on your season long team, but you could go and say, you know what, man, I want all the shares of Amari Cooper today. I love this matchup or I, you know, and there's a lot of other strategy and another challenge to that. So hosting the DFS shows have been great for line star the last couple of years. That's been super fun. Uh, I did work for FanDuel for a year or two when they started content back in 15 before the, before the bubble burst in DFS and all the legal issues happened. Uh, but, um, I gotta tell you, like they they each have their own perks and it's nice to do them both because I feel like the knowledge you gain on a weekly basis from studying for that week yeah. does help you set your other lineups in your season long leagues. And it does filter over into next year's preparation. And I think the things like they, they cross pollinate and I encourage people not to play big giant DFS tournaments. I encourage them to go out there and play cash games and and learn the process of it yeah, because it will make you a smarter player because your your analysis of the matchups starts to bleed over into your season long prep and your lineup setting and some other mm-hmm. and and trends that you're seeing too. Yeah, and you know, like talk about being right and wrong. Look at, you know, some of those guys in the DFS community who only, you know, tweet the screenshots of their winnings. They'll never <laughs> tweet the screenshots of their losing. That's for sure. Never happened. <laughs> you know, we're, we're show me that. A, show me the DFS guy who screenshots. We're in a league uh, with a few DFS heavy leagues. So, um, <laughs> yes, we, we get are. to see some of the, the, the back and forth uh, between them and other DFS guys and the, the people that follow them. And, yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, – People pumping themselves up but not showing the losses. Not that guys were in the league because they're all awesome. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, no, they, they really are. No, they I mean, dead serious. You know me. Look, I'll call people out because we all know who we're talking about. People when we're talking about the dude that doesn't that says he doesn't give a shit about the fantasy team, <laughs> and then people stupidly still listen. Um, okay, all right, all right. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. Hey, you Sorry. know, but Joe, actually, this is the first time I've been on a show with you, Shane. This is a dangerous thing. This is. I mean, I've listened to you on. On uh, fantasy pros with Mike, and we haven't. I've had seen tags your work. Yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you should definitely have tags on tags. I, I, I should, um, oh, we on with him on Friday. We're doing a show together. Yeah, oh. we met him in Canton at the we Midwest did. Fantasy Football Expo. Oh, and cool. Helping out a little bit. He said he'd come on. We just we haven't synced it up yet, but I, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have him on. He's great. Mike's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and, and Mike, Joe, we'll come on. Joe, that league that Shane's talking about. That's where we we're in with uh with a bunch of people. Matthew oh, Barry. Yeah, but Bob's yeah, in that league, and you were mentioning before we came on the air about Bob Harris and how you know how that was before. Sorry. Yeah, it was. I just before. assumed you were taping it. That was I, stuff. No, listen, I was taping it and it, and as long as Joe's okay with it, I'll put that in the show, you know, what we had mentioned about Bob because what what you had said about Bob well, is I'll say it again here. It's very important to have people who mentor you in this industry. Yeah. And Bob puts out publications for a living. 
and he mm-hmm. never saw me as somebody who was like he only saw me as someone he liked that he wanted to help and I, I can't repay Bob for that. I mean, Bob always gave me a platform always when I was hosting on, on Sirius XM at 10 to 1 AM uh, following football diehards. And I was nobody uh, and I was not getting paid and I was working for free just to get, you know, so I can get some knowledge of the industry and trying to, you know, break into radio. There was him and Mike Degman and not do anything. But the other part of it was Bob and him giving me a chance and like cross streaming me with the other audiences and giving me a platform and introducing me to some of their listeners. And I I never forgot that. And I knew that if I ever had that opportunity, I would do the same thing for other people. And that's, that's huge. There's, it's a big community. There's lots of room for different voices. Uh, And, you know, when you have great people like they're being, you know, fantastic examples of what it is to, you know, embrace you Mm -hmm. into a community it doesn't get much better than those guys, especially Bob. And it's funny. The reason I wanted you to mention it is because we feel the same way here at Dynasty Trades HQ. Bob was one of the first people that came on as a guest for us. And he really spoke very highly about us to a lot of people. And, and I think he really helped us as well. So, And when and- Scott Barrett was putting together the <clears throat> DFB Invitational, asked um if i had any names i wanted to include on the list of you know potential invitees and bob was the first name i gave him he goes i love bob first thing he said was i love bob and he made the cut right away i'm sure maybe scott already had him on the list but um yeah he's been good to us for sure he's down to earth and not afraid to help people which is great i mean yeah. I don't think anyone that's ever spoken to Bob or met Bob has been like, I don't like that guy. I was just like, going to say, I, 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 real I, I don't know anybody that's ever said that. And, the, no. you know, and, and even when we spoke to him last week, I mean, especially even like on Facebook where my, my, my wife and I are friends with him on I Facebook. Be Bob you what? What'd you say? Uh, oh, I said I want to be Bob Harris when I grow up. That's always my aspiration is to because what does Bob do? He sits around with his cats, yeah, and then he goes and he travels to Italy and he's going to all these places, and then he, you know, and then he works really hard through football season, and then he's, you know, he's out in Spain, and then he's doing like he's got this, you know, but he's he's such an incredible dude, and he's so you know, and like Bob and I cross on a lot of things, we cross <laughs> on music, you know. Bob actually came to one of my combat classes when i was teaching combat when he was oh, visiting wow. new york and uh he actually came in to hang out and like watch one of the classes and stuff and you know he's just that kind of a human being and i just like that's you know we need more of that those yeah. are the guys you want to listen to and 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 still this is a true story every sunday morning i would be driving to the meadowlands to host the uh the nfl pregame show for sports grid so i'm getting up at like you know i'm leaving the house at 5 30 in the morning to get there because mm-hmm. it's tv you got to get there early and all that stuff and they're doing the replay at that hour on Sirius XF, uh, Sirius XM NFL channel of Bob and Mike. And every Sunday I would listen to that show on my drive in and that would start of mentally preparing me <laughs> that early hour yeah. in the morning to go out and do the show. And, and that's the thing. It's like, and I would always tell Bob, I was like, Hey, great stuff with this guy. And <laughs> always, he knows I'm listening and he knows like, and he would, and it was weird. Cause then he would have me on on Saturday when they record it. And then, like, sometimes I hear myself driving, and I'm like, well, this is okay. I don't yeah, know. this is weird. <laughs> That's, like, the weirdest thing. You're driving in your car, and, like, you're looking, and you're talking in your car, but you're not moving your mouth. It's a weird thing. It's very strange. It's very yeah. to get used to. And, you know, it's funny. I, I travel a lot for some other job that I do, and, and Bob is one of the guys we cross paths at airports, but I've done the same thing as you. I leave, I leave around 5 o'clock in the morning, and when you leave that early, that's what's on Sirius is the replay of Die Hard. So I've listened to his show right. a lot of times on the way to the airport before I end up flying out of town and stuff. So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And he's a great guy. You know, we, we, we actually met with him last year in Canton and we were going to do it again this year, but I know we've spoke about it a few times on the show. For those of you who didn't see the Canton show has been postponed this year. So it's going to be moved till next year. So we will be there next year at the show. Uh, Have you ever done one of those shows over there where they do the serious draft and they do all that stuff? I've I've done other ones. Uh, I'm in the flex leagues every year. Uh, Jake's league, uh, Jake Sealy's league from the Athletic, uh, who's a good friend of mine. So I always do that one. So I'm always there for the New York ones. Uh-huh. Um, 
the problem with that one in Canton is it's always the same weekend as my youngest daughter's birthday. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's not happening. Right? One of these years, one of these years, I think one of these years she'll probably actually want to take the ride and go like oh. she's eight, you know, but like she's starting to like football a little bit. So oh. I don't know. I think one of these years I might be able to convince her be like, Hey, it'll be fun. We'll do the radio thing. We'll be fun. You know, and she's older, but uh, it's, it looks like a fun weekend for sure. I've seen like pictures of Mike and Marcus and all my, you know, my, my guys that I love so much in this industry there. So I I've been invited. I just, I can never go, unfortunately, just like, it's like always that third week in August. Like before, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you have to want to go the third week in August. Bring her, bring There's her next year. In Canton. My, my joke's um, always that other than the football hall of fame and Bob Lung's house. Yeah. There's no reason to really go to Canton. <laughs> I heard there's always there's not a lot of distractions man. going on. Yeah. There's well, always something in Bob Lung's house going on. I'm sure though. Well, definitely come next year and bring her and she can sit at our table and she She's can broadcast live. Girl. She doesn't want to come to that. Shit. Of course she can. She can, she can. <laughs> we'll, we'll put her on the you radio. What, we'll put her on the podcast. No, when no. she's 13 and she's a teenage yeah. girl and she's like, I don't want to hang out with you on my birthday. Well, that's what I'm saying. Instead of hanging out with dad, she can come do our show with us. I might be able to convince them to do like a little round trip of Ohio. Like maybe we could go like do rock and roll hall of fame and like make a weekend of it or something like that yeah yeah there's always a way there's always a, like my my daughter's also big into wrestling like i am so i'm hoping like we've been you know countless shows nxt we go every year to msg to see the, the oh, day after awesome uh show of after after christmas show we've been to SummerSlam in brooklyn like we've done all of them so you know we'll always travel for that too so with trying to you know if i can tie something else to it that yeah, they're yeah. interested in i might be able to get it done you never yeah, know you, you already named- just getting out you named everything in Ohio there is today. You're making a weekend so full of shit, man. But he's more he, fun living in Ohio than where you are. He left. Chain, he left out Waffle House though. Only a guy from Philly yeah, would say that. He left yeah, out Waffle exactly. House. But uh, hey, Joe, were you gonna come down to Tampa for WrestleMania this year? That would have been cool. We were gonna go. You know, no, because the show is too goddamn long. Yeah, it is twelve hours. hours long. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's more that it's nuts. Like uh, Royal Rumble, something where I told them, I said, one year yeah. we're going to fly out for one because they always wanted to go to that. And I right. Said, but, but WrestleMania is so damn long, man. Like it's just, it's long for an adult. Like you're just sitting there and it's like, all right, by like hour eight, like I feel bad whoever's main eventing always. It's always like a letdown by the time you get there. Uh, so in a weird way, I kind of like the two day WrestleMania thing they did this year. Yeah. But, um, but we did do SummerSlam. Uh, we were actually in the building the whole Becky Lynch turn. We were there for that one in Brooklyn, which was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which very cool. Yeah. So, um, so uh, we're like they're super into NXT right now, so that's like more on their radar, even. Yeah. So not, not my my AEW, son, huh? my no. Well, well, yeah, no. He talks AEW too. No, but okay. I, I was well, just yeah, gonna. No, we do AEW. We do New Japan. We talk everything. Like, oh, uh, yeah, Tim he Heaney, does it all. Who's the editor of the Black Book? Uh, who actually started the podcast with me had to leave because he took a job working for XFL, so he couldn't do it anymore. Oh was no! Interest. Can't talk about wrestling. And <laughs> oh. like that. Um, Shoot, but. Right. Um, I know, right? So, uh, so Nate Bush took over, who is a fantastic guy. Got a great Southern. Oh, call he's really Virginia, good. Yeah, who was yeah. a friend, friend of the show. He does announcing down in uh, down in West Virginia area of some independent wrestling. Uh, but we talk about everything. And Tim and I actually, when uh, New Japan was in town in the Garden a couple of years ago, I think it was was it last summer or two summers ago. I don't know. Like time's blurring for me. Yeah. But we were there for the big New Japan show with Ring of Honor, that G1 Supercard, yeah. which was yeah. fantastically fun, man. So, but I went to I went to school in Philly, so I was I was at WrestleMania 15 with all my friends. Rock versus Stone Cold. We were there for uh, that one. We were there during the height of ECW days, so we oh, saw a Jesus. bunch of like crazy yeah. stuff, man. Just legalized <laughs> like abuse. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, and I'm not was... I'm not the biggest fan of it. I like the art form of the work. More than two guys just like hitting each other with shovels, but you know, well, like the, New Jack at the time. Uh, oh, New when Jack! You're, when you're, yeah, <laughs> like when New Jack is like one of your bigger yeah. stars. Like that dude was literally trying to kill people. Like he just dude. threw people off scaffolds. Like, dude, I did a show. I did a show down oh, yeah, here dude. in Miami. He's... I did a show down here in Miami with New Jack and Sandman. Dude, he stabbed a guy with a fork. Yeah. Oh yeah, we... there's that. We... Yes, he did. I didn't even realize that until oh, I saw. Uh, uh, the new show on Vice. 
Uh, Dark Side of the yeah, Ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dark Side yeah. of the Ring. We we did a show down here in Miami with New Jack and Sandman, and like he was like stapling shit in his head. You know yeah. what though, uh, Joe? The I live down here in Miami. My son, he's sixteen now. He likes wrestling. But the very first show he ever went to was WrestleMania down here in Miami. So that was the very first live show he ever went to. So it was <laughs> that was that was a great way to get him started into going to live performances. Not ECW. That would have been a terrible. You should never <laughs> taken a child to ECW. No, Joe's shows. talking. Joe's talking, and there's no sound, and there's no anything at all. Well, Joe. Yeah, I was like the. No, no, I. <laughs> yeah, there's no <laughs> Joe. We, Joe, we're moving, not. Yeah, Joe, care. we don't have any sound for you at all. Nah. Uh, I can hear you guys fine. Can you hear me? It's oh, still God. really much of a delay, and and there's your face and everything. It's and weird because I'm hardwired. The only thing I can think of is there's oh, massive really electrical storms going on outside. That, like that's got to be it. Probably what's going on right now. It's got to be hardwired. I mean, this is what I. He's got to be like ten minutes away from me. We had a tornado. It, it, it's really yeah. weird too because yeah, we're seeing his right. voice and his lips, and there's no sound. Joe, thank you very much for joining us. And yeah, before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get your book, where they can do everything with you? Well, first of all, thank you for for having me. I guess there's some massive electrical storms going on in the New Jersey area, so the feed's been a little weird. Uh, but I'll say this, I, uh, I appreciate the time and you guys have me on and hopefully next time we'll talk more football players, individual guys, but you can get the book over on Amazon. Uh, you can get the, uh, hard, hard copy of the fantasy black book 2020. You can also get the kin version. And in a few weeks, the, uh, Apple iTunes version will be available, but most people have the paper back. Believe it or not, people still want to uh, hold it in their hand. And I'm, I'm grateful for uh, for everybody out there. I'm grateful for you guys giving me uh, some of your time tonight. No, yeah, Joe. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Joe, thank you very much. And and it was all broken up again. And we understand with your storms and everything. But everybody go to Amazon. Get the Fantasy Football Black Book 2020. It's there now. Yeah. I, I believe what Joe was saying, that eventually it'll be on Kindle and iTunes and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. So you can get and, it on Kindle. And he yeah. said, you know, a lot of people want the paperback version. I think that's already available, he said. And and yeah. we, we really appreciate your time. And everybody go check him out on Twitter. Um and and also his other podcasts and we really appreciate it and next time hopefully we'll have some good weather but thank you so much for coming on joe joe is awesome yeah and and i know that you want to run away hold on just wait let's wrap this all up real quick because those storms may end up in your area too so listen thank you everybody for listening we'll jump on a patreon show and we'll do those rest of those trades if you want to so uh tell everybody about our patreon account um yeah, we got a patron account, but you know, I don't even feel like getting into that. Okay, cool. Week. So, well, no, 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 hold on. So instead of donating money to um, a patron account, go do- donate money to uh, bail funds across the country for protesters. Do that this week. <laughs> There you go. Yes. No, listen, you know, we've had some serious talk tonight and we've had some fun talk and we've had some messed up talk (laughs) based on the storms that Joe had. So Joe was a great guest and he, uh, he told us, I don't know if you guys heard it, but he'll come back when hopefully the weather's better and we'll do this again. So thank you for listening. Go check out our Twitter account at dynasty trades HQ. Check out our, uh, iTunes account and give us a rate and view at Dynasty Trades HQ. And uh, we're going to jump on a Patreon thing real quick before Shane falls asleep. So thanks for listening and uh, say goodbye, everybody. Hey, gang, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. All right, bye. Bye.